Oi there, Ome, and welcome back to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast, a Shadowrun 4th Edition actual play podcast. Jander on over here and take a listen to episode 28, in which the team makes their getaway following their extremely successful and well-executed rescue mission. Getaway. All right, that part no one planned for. It goes swimmingly. After a bit of a miscue, Cecile gets a good night's sleep. Deandra, Ice, and Rigor Mortis drive through the night, and Grace and Ollie go camping. As always, featuring Beth as Grace, a.k.a. Nightingale, and Val as Ollie, a.k.a. Boxer, Veronica as Cecile, a.k.a. College Girl, and Kat as Deandra. It's really whiz that you are joining us, and I hope you enjoy this episode. If you do, please tell your friends and leave us a positive review. We are available on most podcast services, YouTube, iTunes, etc. You can also find a link to our Discord server in the podcast description and on the YouTube channel. We would love to hear from you, and we share a lot of in-game pay data there as well, such as maps, intros, fluff, and character stories. So, pop on over and say hello. On other topics, the secretive guild of Shadowrun podcast and content creators that I may or may not be part of invites you cordially to check out the great pay data that is being created for you on the Matrix. Today, I want to tell you about a collaborative effort between two of my favorite Shadowrun podcasters, Mr. Johnson of the Arcology podcast and Opti of the Neo-Anarchist podcast, as well as several other great cast members. The show is called Shadowrun Origins. Our intrepid cast plays their way through the published adventures of the golden era of the game. It's brilliant and a fun listen with great characters. Thanks again, chummers. Don't forget, watch your back, conserve your ammo. No matter what anybody tells you, as technology is never your friend. And never, ever make a deal with a dragon. rest of the you you on the roof are uh see all of this happen what are you guys doing now uh cecile is going one she's dropped concentration on the spell and she is heading down the ladder all right grace what are you doing uh so they they just got uh um him over the wall right yep that's what i got over the wall onto the motorcycle and the motorcycle is taken off um well, obviously, I want to set this poor bastard down gently. That, yeah, you know, I don't want to break his neck. Yeah, preferably not. I know how squishy metahumans are. You know, Aww. if I drop him, he may, like, fall into a thousand pieces. I'm not he may All suddenly right. become pulp. And uh, You set him down and drop the, the spell. Yeah. And after that, it's, uh... Uh, I think that's our sign. We should probably get the heck out of here. Cecile is already going down the ladder. Oh. Yeah, as you say that, you look around, you just see Cecile's head disappear below the, uh, the wall. Chris, I need your help. Gather the netting. I'm going to make sure that he... Don't look at me like that. I'm not going to kill him. It doesn't bother us. Oh, uh, okay. And then Grace promptly does gather up the chameleon netting, I believe it was, with yep. her telekinesis, psychokinesis, blip. 
she sights in near the guard. Uh, I mean, uh, would there be a computer or anything within it? Something on the desk she could shoot at dramatically? Yep. If not, I'll settle for putting a shot near his head. You could shoot at his rifle, which is still leaned against the wall, or you could shoot at the harder shot, shoot at the microphone that is on the desk. Oh, that's uh, not there's, happening. There's a computer screen. She, she'll, she'll go for the rifle. I don't make a point. All right. All right. Wrong caliber. A shot. Uh, well, let me try a different one. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Your, uh, your rifle cracks. You feel the uh, the recoil, and through your scope, you see the uh, the round impact square on the stock of the man's right of the guard's rifle. Uh, it splinters, and the rifle goes flying. And the man yelps and <gasps> steps back from the rifle as he was reaching for it. One for the books. Let's go. And she doesn't. Uh, she basically does the minimum disassembly of a rifle that she can to stoke it in the case, puts it back in the case, and, uh, well, she, unless Grace is going to grab her up for a, uh, <laughs> for another dramatic leap down, she's going to attach her grapple and repel down. Grace, Grace has to get down somehow. She's probably going to have to levitate herself down. Or, yeah, levitate. I'm just imagining Grace, like, tries to levitate herself, just passes out. Well, she can stay near the cat. <laughs> see what happens, right away. Oh boy. She can't pass out, but it could, it could be bad. Uh, no, she's good. Barely. Not barely, it's basically guaranteed I'll roll a two or more. There's a chance. The firemen slide down this the ladder, and Grace, you come floating down after. Cecile is just getting into the van as you get down there. He's taking shotgun seat. <laughs> Who's what? driving? Oh, uh, obviously Boxer is driving. Boxer. <laughs> Boxer. All right, Boxer, how are you leaving the scene? Where are they parked? You guys are parked in an alleyway behind the, the building that you are um, overlooking the prison. And when I say, how are you leaving the scene? Are you, I mean, how are you driving? Are you acting normal, trying to drive normally? Are you trying to get the hell out of there as fast as possible? She's going to uh, blend in with the other cars. They don't know that there's a fan. They've got a bit of room. All okay. the same. She has her Ari's disassemble. I mean, assemble and stuck nearby. Grace, are you masking or camouflaging in any way uh, as you're leaving the scene? Um, I imagine she's staying close to the wall, and that's probably it. Oh no! She's lying down in the back of the van. Oh yeah, in the van. Yeah, get in the van and just lay down inside of the van. She's tired anyway, so yeah. Go take a nappy pillow. She has the camo netting, so if she really wants to. <laughs> <laughs> What's all that camouflage in the back of your van? <laughs> she might cuddle up inside of the camouflage. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know what the cam, ca- the chameleon wet uh, netting looks like, but it might be something that her it's active, so it blends in with <laughs> her exhausted mind. Maybe like has blankets. <laughs> she just curls up. All right, so uh, back to the people on the motorcycle. Yes. Deander, you're driving. Yes. Aggressively. How long are you going to maintain the aggressive driving? And where are you going? Um, I'm probably going to get out of Pity Loop as fast as I can. And then I'm... You heading for Auburn? Or um, are you heading for another place? I don't know the map. Well, you've got Auburn to the north of you. Um, that's where both you and Boxer's residences are. Um, I'm, uh, I'm is not going Coma. towards Auburn. Uh, I'm Don't going track the shit home. Probably is Tacoma north of... Tacoma's west. West. I think I'm going to go northwest. Like, not, not close to the Samovar, trying to kind of 
great, not the inner city, kind of get close to the inner city in Tacoma and try to uh, get like further away, I guess. Okay. Um, make another uh, pilot ground craft test, please. Nice. You're uh, keeping the motorcycle upright and weaving through traffic, taking calculated risks, and uh, really just getting the hell out of Dodge rather efficiently at this point. Um, out of the corner of your eye, you see ice, or rather, rigor mortis sitting in the sidecar, both holding on with both hands for dear life, and at the same time, staring at ice in a shocked manner as if he just can't look away um i think even though dandera is dandera's going to oh uh she remembers that no one speaks sparathiel and she switches to english do you guys do you have a safe house planned do you hear icl behind you i don't think we planned it that far ahead yeah um I don't think Terrasla would be a good decision, so uh, I kind of pull my uh, uh, link off of uh, the like handlebars of my bike right at. I'm not throwing it at Rigamortis, I'm just like putting it in the sidecar and going, contact the group, I show him who to contact, let's get a, um, uh, let's get a, a beat on where we're going. Um... Brigham Mortis is looking at your comlink like it's, uh, you know, like you might have thrown a grenade in his lap or something. He obviously does not know what to do with it. Wait, and, wait. Uh, Rigor Mortis or Ice? Rigor Mortis. This makes I thought, sense. Didn't, didn't Dean there say that she handed or dropped the. Uh, yeah, the Rigor Mortis. Like, yeah. Rigor Mortis is just looking at the thing like it's, uh, you know, like uh, somebody who was. In the, if you had gone traveled back to the 70s and handed them a, an iPhone. What the fuck? I mean, yeah, Dean phone is probably not old enough for that, but it, it her comlink's not not that new. If he's yeah. been in, he's been in the can since the 40s, right? Yeah, since the 50s. So he's only been in there for 20 years. Dean Dare's comlink is probably 10 years only. old. He uh, yep. he hands it to uh, to Ace, who. Uh, you're sort of certain probably has just as much ability to use it as rigor mortis. Um, now, now, Deandra, do you pull over to the side of the road before you start texting? Uh, can I reach the handlebars of the bike sitting? Uh, yeah, I guess if you could communicate that to him. I, I think Deandra just sighs and grabs one of his hands pulls it forward and puts it on the, um, the, uh, the handlebars and says, keep her straight, and then grabs her comlink, inserts sex. Okay, so, let's see, Rig or Ice does not have a pilot ground craft skill, so he has to default. Oh. Um. It does it not drive. Can, can I leadership and attempts to to teach him how to drive on just on the fly yeah while texting yep <laughs> sure so how do you what's your leadership what actions do you take to uh for leadership to uh i think i'm just gonna start saying what i would what like dean dare would do while driving like simple stuff like keep your eye okay so you're basically yelling at him you know keep it straight and Turn left here and look out for that vehicle and yeah. accelerate through this green light. Exactly. Almost going to crash. All right. So he's going to default, uh, which is reaction, which is actually not his worst attribute. <laughs> I would hope not. And uh, oh. it appears as if he's got control of the vehicle. I don't know why it rolled that many dice. That seems awfully much. Let's just redo that. Said so it rolled 10 plus 10. That's more like it. Yeah. Ooh, yikes, okay. Yep, he's he's got control of the bike and he's following your directions to the left. 
So, so you're making, you're placing a call or you're texting the group? I, I, I'm placing a call and then it's going to my headset and then I'm going to start driving again. All right. So you guys, the rest of you guys in the van, Boxer, Grayson, Cecile, as you're uh, sort of infiltrating the regular flow of traffic, you get a call from Deander. Uh, Cecile's going to immediately answer, probably about the same time as Boxer, and put it on the speakers in the van. Deander says, as soon as the phone picks up, we have a safe house picked out, or are we just on the do we have a safe house picked out yet, or are we just on the fly? I think that's what she's saying. I hope that's what I, it comes across. That's what she said. A boxer? Mm, no. Mine. Uh, that's one's compromised. Uh. Hmm. Go to a hotel? I don't think trying to hide three te- uh, three norms in Terrace Lord, especially with the ancient prowling. No, I mean a real hotel. Yeah, you could find a, a coffin hotel. You are in Puyallup still, although Deander is getting close to entering Tacoma. Deander, you could always ask your uh, fan club if they have Oh my god, no. That's the worst <laughs> idea. <laughs> Um, oh, just because you want it to happen doesn't mean we do. <laughs> the devious laughter is what gets it. So, note for the team. Arrange safe houses ahead of time. I mean, my character can't know that. Well, she's not completely... I mean... Is it Shahomish or Everett was the one that had all the norm cultists up there? Snahomish. Snahomish? I think I, I would I wouldn't like turn around while driving. Hey Ice, uh, the three you. of us. Uh, hey Ice, you think you can get the three of us into a Snohomish hotel for a few days? Uh, yeah. Um, I'll I try. The I mean, I haven't been in Seattle in twenty years. Well, um, you've probably been you've probably been gone shorter than I have. So. All right. Well, let's cut up through Renton and see. Here's the thing. And there, here, here's two choices or three choices we have to get up to Snohomish. We have to we can cut through downtown, risky, Bellevue, also risky, or Redmond, also risky, and all for different reasons. The Redmond Barrens is the lawless place. If we go through there, we won't have to worry about the law, but we'll have to worry about whatever gangs turf we're crossing. I'll take my bet with gangs. Let's go. All right. He doesn't sound real certain. Boxer, where are we going? I'm not sure. Great. What rating headjammer did we have? Six. I literally got the best that money could buy. All right. He was like, not today, Satan. Oh. <laughs> All right. Sorry, Paul. I, I, I like, Paul, how you called us paranoid for having the head jammer <laughs> and then also put a, a cortex bomb on the person. I mean, if we weren't learning, you got to make sure we learn our lesson. I wanted to see if you were really paying attention. I mean, we could go camping. Y'all want to so go in the middle of nowhere with me? We're either going... Actually, did we hear the DNR's plan? What Unless Deander hung up. I, ha- I haven't hung up yet because I'm busy. So it oh. sounds like you're headed for Snohomish. So you've got to go all the way through. Now, metagaming slightly, I'm, I think you'd be better off not heading through Redmond. Yeah, okay. but it would be fun. Yeah. I mean, you don't even know if fun. roads are clear in Redmond. I'd get to kill things. No, no, Deandra, Ice, and Rigor Mortis would have to kill things. Deandra is garrily efficient at killing things, though. Redmond is like Mad Max and The Walking Dead rolled into one nasty neighborhood. Uh, And Bellevue would be better? Bellevue is like The Walking Dead meets Mean Girls. (laughs) What? Oh no! 
Theo loves it in Bellevue. It's great. Is it because she's a cyber zombie? Bellevue is the hoity-toity place where all of the most upper crust of Seattle live. We'll end up on more cameras going through Bellevue than we will through Redmond, and that'll just cause problems in the future. That's a very good point. There's a heavier uh, Lone Star presence in Bellevue, and response time is much shorter in Bellevue. I, I'm picking Redmond because in Redmond we can shoot our way out of the problem rather than having. Okay, but we could go two, camping. Only two of the three people on your bike have guns at all. I will not be using a gun, so I will just. So uh, one of the three people on your bike have a gun. Maybe we should go camping, where the biggest issue will be a scary beastie that I'll have to tame with understanding. You know what? Cecile is messaging Prokop that they've extracted the target and they're going to be finding a place to lay low. Yeah, that would be wise. In the meantime, you guys are all headed through Tacoma, Renton, Redmond. Actually, actually, Paul, can I... Can I look up like a list of, uh, so can I look up a list of half decent Tacoma hotels? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, Boxer? Does any of you have, uh, Seattle knowledge? I do, actually. I have a map. I mean, actually, I don't think I have Seattle knowledge. I have Portland knowledge. But no, I do not. Okay. No Seattle knowledge, no underground, no. No, nothing knowledge-wise about Seattle that might be useful. He doesn't. I have a really good map. All right, yeah. I so you start. Seattle. You do a Google. You do a Google search for a for a hotel, and of course you find many. Where are you looking for specifically? Is there a location? Uh, something in Tacoma. Something in Tacoma. Okay. All right. Let's. Uh, take a look at what we have in Tacoma. I have Shadow Community. I don't know if that's useful here at all. That could be useful. I mean, yeah, roll Shadow Community. Who even knows what we know? Yeah, I know, right? They're unknown yeah, knows. Here. Yeah, that's okay, what surprising about, about games. Roll Shadow Community. That we're going to be touching those. Um, <laughs> Zero Um, okay. You're coming up blank. Uh, okay, that, that, that seems in character, but, uh, I don't like that, but that's, that's in character, that's understandable. So, I'm gonna give you one idea for yeah. that. Um, you remember that you had a, a meet at a place in Tacoma once called Basil's Faulty Bar, that, and you remember the dwarf who runs it, Basil, is reputed to be an ex-shadow runner. Mm. Um, you also find, um, and Cecile is finding a couple of things. So there's a motel called Lakewood Comfy Cubicle, which advertises itself as a clean and low-priced um, accommodation for visitors. Um, Great. Cubicle security was recently upgraded, and there's a wireless network installed. Perfect. Um, Boxer, pull over. I'm getting out. Pull over. You heard the lady. I don't know. I don't know why she's she she's abandoning there. ship. There's also the Sheraton. You could always check into the Sheraton. What's the Sheraton? Um, the Sheraton Tacoma is a uh, fairly upscale um, hotel. Um, okay. It's advertised as having plush turn of the century decor. Oh. And uh, it caters to particularly to business travelers through SeaTac through the airport. And so it's, uh, would that be equivalent to like a middle or high lifestyle? Middle. Um, middle. Okay. Okay. It's okay. also famous for um, during the night of rage. Apparently, uh, a couple of hundred metahumans took refuge in it, and the hotel staff barricaded the doors. So, yeah, that definitely that definitely pops out at you. But it's maybe a little bit uh, higher visibility than the comfy cubicle. She's going to the comfy cubicle. All right, so Box, did you actually pull over and let Cecile out? Not until she explains what she's doing. I'm getting out, I told you. 
There's more to it than that. Why are you getting out? Just leave. Alright. Thank you. He just gives up on you. Uh, Cecile gets out and calls the grid guy and is clearly just waiting. You're in Pugil. Oh, never mind. Nix that. Stupid plan. It's basically one step above Redmond. So, Boxer, have you already pulled away? <laughs> yes. No. Oh wait. my god. <laughs> we had we had to we had to get a uh, Robin out of the nest. Do um, some plot unlocked. Oh, let me ask you a question. How much does the van weigh? Oh, uh, it's you are not going pounds. to be able to use levitate on it. No, 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 just, just let me, let me, let me know how much does it weigh. Seven thousand pounds. Like Seven thousand. Yeah, five or six thousand pounds. Uh, you know, probably not going to happen unless I get really lucky with an edge roll. Veronica, edge on this. That's never yeah. going to happen. The van is pulling away from you. Are you going to try and call them back? Yes, Cecile is running for the van again. All right, boxer, give me a perception test. <laughs> oh no. Plus two. Because you're looking back going like, what the hell is she thinking? Oh, yeah. You see, you're looking back thinking, this is a terrible idea. And as you're thinking that, you see the same thought appear on Cecile's face. You see the realization as she gets out and looks around her and realizes as she taps her comm link and is looking for a grid guide and realizes that the next grid guide is like 30 minutes away. And all of a sudden, you see sort of this panicked look across Cecile's face. And she's looking back at the van, holding up her hand and running after it. Are you stopped? She stops. She's not a monster. Or is she? Cecile gets uh, in extremely quickly. Slams the door shut behind her. Um, Don't and, say and anything. And it is at that point that the horse peeks up from between the two uh, seats in the front. And she said, what just happened? Don't. Don't. I don't want to hear it. You smell. And then she just kind of like slumps away and you hear her like thump in the back as she curls back up into her camouflage blanket bundle. So, Cecile, you could just message the group and say, hey, let's go meet at the, let's reconvene at the comfy cubicle. Oh, she's not bringing anyone with her. It's just for her. She's not inviting Boxer to to have a hotel nearby. Alright, so... I just wanted to go camping anyway. Dindir, you're off. You guys are headed for Snohomish through Redmond. So as you are entering Redmond from Renton, um, you basically pass through a checkpoint, but it's checkpoint keeping people from coming in from Redmond, not letting people leave into Redmond. If you want to go into Redmond, that's your problem. I, I think I think she just like races through the checkpoint. Yep, there's no nobody's trying to stop you because nobody cares. And it's like the, the border uh, into Mexico. Yeah, it's a one-way border. I mean, nobody. You want to go to Redmond? That's your problem. Nobody's going to come gonna, looking for you. Wait, 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 hold on. How are you going to get out the other side? Bribes. Okay, if you say so. That's yep, our so policy. You're. Boxer let's say that you're back you in out. control at this point. Um, ICE has relinquished control of the motorcycles, so uh, give me another pilot ground craft test. Uh, pilot ground craft. Great. No problem. So as you pass through the checkpoint, the uh, the terrain becomes immediately much more difficult. Uh, roads are strewn with debris, giant potholes, burned out vehicles, rubble from buildings. Um, it's uh, it's late afternoon, getting to evening now. Uh, currently, the streets, or what were streets in in Redmond, are still relatively clear of people. Um, you're fairly certain that once night falls, things are going to get a little bit more hectic out here. Oh, this is going to be good. I just wish I were there. I'd love to shoot something. 
I think uh, D&D is probably not going to slow down, but and hand it to uh, uh, Rigor Mortis and go, you know how to shoot this thing? What did you hand him? And my pistol, my heavy pistol. Okay. He takes it and looks at it and just nods. And uh, Ice has unslung his shotgun at this point. And I'm going to say, so here's, a, do you have any navigation skills? Um, I don't think I have, no, I do not have navigation on my skills list. All is right. navigation a skill? Yes, it is. So I can default on it. You can default on it. You're going to need to because at this point, you don't know exactly the way to go. I mean, the streets have been destroyed. Landmarks have been destroyed. There are no street signs. And uh, the uh, the grid guy that works inside Seattle does not function. I am going to pre-edge on... No, that is poor, so it is not a... Uh... We did not fuck it up. Intuition default to skill five. Wow, nice. Yeah, so you you know you need to head north, and, and since it's starting to get dark, you know you saw the sunset to your left, and you're just gonna basically keep going. And uh, so, Dean, so Boxer and Cecile and Grace, what are you guys up to? Um. Cecile is going to wait until they get back into civilized society and then do the same thing that she did in Puyallup, but this time more right. sensibly. So you, as you cross into Tacoma, um, as you start to cross into Tacoma, obviously the, the ash and grit and grime subside, starts to subside and uh, Tacoma is a working neighborhood, the dock area, so you could at this point, you feel like you could safely get out and, and hire, catch a grid guy. Steel's going to wait half an hour from that point. All right, so you're you're well into Tacoma. Boxer, where are you actually headed at this point? He said something about camping? You still there, Valerie? Yeah. Uh... <clears throat> Nathan, get it? Yeah. Uh, can... Uh, you said something about <laughs> camping. Yeah, camping. Uh oh, she, Grace. At that point, like clambers up into the front seat. Where? Cause they they dropped her off, right? Are you climbing onto Cecile? No, no she has still in the, dropped in, her in yet. No, she just kind of like places herself halfway onto the middle console. Uh, yeah, camping. Just anywhere other than Seattle. I think I've had enough of Seattle, honestly, for a little bit. You could always go to Pines. Do you have the camping gear in your truck? In your van that you talked about? Of course I do. Let's go. And I won't be going with you. Uh, that sounds good to me. <laughs> I mean, sorry, sorry. <laughs> Cecile just gives the horse a look, like, really? The horse, like, her ears kind of pinned down, and then she, uh, she suddenly assumes a very innocent, like, anyway. Innocent horse look. Alright, so you're stopping to let Cecile out at this point in Tacoma, and then oh. you're probably gonna head east towards, uh, towards the border with the uh, the Salishi Council. How much is the charge for pre-booking a room at the cozy whatever? Um, 50 million. Okay, uh, she's just gonna go ahead and pay that. That's a night or a week? That's a night. Okay. And you're catching a grid guide there. Yes. Yeah, you have no problem hiring or hailing a grid guide. Um, and, uh, it takes you to the comfy cubicle, which is, like I said, sort of a almost a coffin motel, but not quite. It's a it's a bit better than that, and it's clean. You could walk around at least. Yes, it's not. Uh, it's probably you know by grid guide probably about a twenty minute drive to Olga's tea room, and probably about a thirty minute ride to the area where you remember uh, Samovar to be. Cool. And Grace and Boxer, you guys are headed 
east. Um, so you're headed through from Tacoma through Auburn um, towards Salishi territory. Are you going to go see? You're probably going to have to to really get into camping area to get out of Auburn and into the forest. You're going to have to cross the border into Salishi territory. So as you're doing that, do you have? I, guess, I imagine Grace is probably going to either hide herself and Boxer. You're going to use a sim to cross the border. Yep. Uh, I mean, if we're doing it legally, wouldn't that? Well, it's not like the the Salish matter much, do they? I mean, one of the things that checkpoints do try to look out for is. Um, people trying to get like unusual animal specimens through undetected for smuggling purposes. The yeah, the Salish border is actually relatively tight because if you remember um, in the 2040s, 2030s, and 2040s when you know the Native American wars were happening, the Native Americans took back over the territory, and most of the non-native people became refugees and flooded into Seattle. And this, the, the territories around it don't really want all those people coming back necessarily. So usually you're going to need some kind of visa or some kind of entry permit or some kind of reason for entering Salish territory. Mm-hmm. So you know that there are some fairly strict controls there in that area. But here's an idea. Why don't you go back to the place that you camped out the last time, where on the way back you got intercepted by the colonel? I mean, that doesn't sound like a bad idea. Yep. Since we've already established that that was accessible to you and you know where it is, it's probably a safe bet. I think that sounds like a good idea, instead of having to go through the process of custom. Yeah, or trying to run the border somehow, which you could totally try to do. Uh, something Grace presumably knows. So, because Grace has sense of direction, she presumably knows like a clean shot through the Salish border, unless they've changed uh, and like they patched that hole that she's been using to get back and forth between Pines and the time she's been stuck in Seattle. Isn't Pines in Snohomish or Everett? No, it's it's outside of Seattle entirely. Unless... Okay, so she has a residency permit, so she could probably just cross the board. <laughs> Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Wait. Serious question here. Do ponies... Can you can you give a pony residency permits? She's got a sin, right? No, she doesn't. Grace doesn't have a sin. Oh, so you She's don't have She's an extra planer. Did you forget? Not at all. I thought she just walked into the DMV and got herself a permit. <laughs> she got a permit. She got a permit for it. No, she crosses the border illegally, like everyone else. Listen, if we can have cyclopses and well, well, Paul, the, and the books do point out that a lot of races, arms. a lot of races, don't actually have proper representation in terms of being able to be citizens. Yeah. Since, since she is a horse, it's possible they would consider her a metasapient rather than a full sapient. Yeah. In which case, they might not really even care. But they wouldn't give you residence because you you wouldn't have any legal standing. So. I mean, they might uh, try to kidnap you, but legally it's unsure whether or not you like, can be anything other than property. Okay, I'll own, I'll own Grace. Take Wait, one for the team. I don't know for certain, but I think in in Salish territory you might have more rights than in Seattle. More more than um, likely, almost certainly. But I, looking at it, hold on. They 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 aren't free spirit accepting, which would probably be what they'd categorize Grace as if they knew what she was. Uh, though they may just be like, yeah, it looks like a unicorn, whatever. I think uh, for the sake of continuity you've probably been existing outside of the the strictures of the law so to speak yeah so you've been smuggling yourself in and out so i guess i would 
would have to say that you do know at least one pathway where you can get in and out fairly easily. Yeah, that makes sense to me. So that would be probably, we haven't established where Pines is exactly. I just thought it was up more by Snohomish because you've got that weird racist KKK contact of yours. Nah, he's just, he's just a contact of mine. Okay. He's not in Pines. So Pines, let's just say Pines it's west of Auburn. So basically you cross the border into Auburn usually. And uh, so you guys are headed through Auburn now into uh, into that area where you guys had, had hidden out that other time more recently. Yeah, camping time. So, yep, camping time. So we've taken care of you guys, but now we need to get back to the people on the motorcycle attempting to cross from south to north the long way through the Redmond Barrens. Mm-hmm. Um, Dean, do you have any kind of gang knowledge? I do not. Yikes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, Ice, does Ice have any kind of gang knowledge? He does not. Oh, great. Um, Dean, there, roll your police procedures, security procedures, roll them. Knowledge police, I guess. Yep. Um, go. Three. So, all night errant officers on the West Coast know about the the Redmond Barrens. I mean, they're infamous. They're a law, completely lawless territory, um, ruled by various gangs who claim turf and smuggling routes. Um, the people who live there, you know, are are living in in abject poverty and squalor and. Everybody here openly carries weaponry as a means of deterring violence. And, uh, you know, basically everything's pretty much collapsed. It really is a kind of Mad Max post-apocalyptic kind of scenario. So you're already throttled down quite a ways. You're not able to maintain the speed that you were because roads are just rubble strewn and there are barricades and sure enough, before long, you see a barricade across the road in front of you that does appear to be uh, populated by several gang members carrying weapons who are taking note of your approach and beginning to uh, take cover in weapons at you. Hmm. Uh, I turn to Ice and go, do you want to try to talk our way through? Ice looks at you and he says, yeah. Okay. Weapons down. And I, I throttle down the muzzle of the shotgun pointed at the sky. Uh, I keep the I throttle down, kind of come up to it a good ways away, I guess. Or not a good ways away, like a safe distance, I guess. Make a, uh, a perception test. Perception one. All right. They are definitely wearing gang colors. Um, it looks like they are wearing mostly red. They're armed with an assortment of uh, pistols and submachine guns and maybe one or two rifles. Uh, there's definitely some little pieces of body armor here and there. Uh, none of them is really wearing full suit. And then one of them comes forward and uh, he's carrying a submachine gun that he's sort of holding the muzzle up and he's walking towards you with his hand out held and he says, he's a human and he, uh, he says, hold on there. This is Red Crush territory. You got to pay a toll to get through. What's the toll? 100 million ahead. Will that get us safely through? It'll get you safely through Red Crush territory. Okay. <laughs> I like All the right. kind of devious chuckle. So you uh, you give him a 300 million? Uh, yeah. All right. Did I say Red Crush? I meant Crimson Crush. Just Crimson in case crush. you guys were fact checking. They, uh, and then as he gets closer to you and he takes his, uh, takes the cred sticks off you, he looks you up and down. You see that, that it's an orc, um, and, uh, he gets a sort of a, a nasty look on his face when he realizes it's an elf and two humans. And he says, you know what? Nah, double for humans and elves. <laughs> you know what? You've caught me in a good mood. Nice, you owe me. And then I hand over the... the rest. 
says, all right, head straight through. Don't, uh, no deviations, turns or deviations. Understood. All right. Now get out of here. All right. So you're, you're going and you see, uh, more signs of gang activity, gang tags, um, crimson crush tags that you recognize. Um, you also get the distinct sense that you're being watched, if not necessarily followed, as you pass through the uh, the derelict remains of these communities. Um, and then, sure enough, about a half an hour later, you see your see another uh, checkpoint up ahead, and they pull up the orcs here, also wearing crimson crushed colors, pull apart the barricades, and uh, shout obscenities and insults at you as you pass through and close it behind you. Um, I throw some choice words back, uh, I throw some, uh, choice words in Spirithel, like, the weirdest way I can say thank you back at them. <clears throat> Did that come through or am I getting out again? Yep, no, I heard you. Okay. Yep, they don't, obviously, they don't understand what you're saying and, uh, you can still hear them hollering and hooting behind you as you, as you leave and it's getting getting sort of dark now and your headlights sort of you really got to start to slow down because there's a lot of debris in the road and uh ice says i'm i wonder whether we should uh find a place to hole up in here we're gonna run into something nasty in the dark well you spot somewhere to hold up let me know and we continue all right, you keep going, and uh, you you realize that you're you're really starting to slow down now, and it's gotten you know it's it's gotten dark. There are no street lights. You're navigating solely by the light of your headlamp. And uh, give me a pilot groundcraft test. Pilot groundcraft. And then just a straight edge roll as you're smoothly guiding the motorcycle through the. Uh, Smoothly but slowly guiding the motorcycle through the debris strewn roads. Two. All right. You, uh, at the last second, as you're weaving through some old metal debris that's lying on the ground, you, you spot a, uh, you spot what appears to be some kind of, uh, caltrop strip or, or puncture strip lying across the road in front of you. So there's somebody, somebody's laid something across the road that's designed to puncture your tires. Is it like all the way across the road or can I avoid it? It's all the way across the road. Okay. I kind of uh, slow down and I go, ice, caltrops, stop, lift, carry on. This frag. All right. As soon as you stop, he gets off and starts walking towards the, uh, he's got a shotgun out level, starts walking towards that and uh, a bunch of lights come on all around you. And you see that there are about a dozen uh, metahumans, mostly orcs and trolls, but also a few dwarves and, and humans surrounding you. Um, they're armed, not very heavily. Some of them have guns, have firearms. Others are just carrying, you know, rusted bits of metal or machetes or something like that. And uh, as ice stops, um, a dwarf walks out of the sunlight towards him down the road. He's holding a uh, an SMG in his hand and he's holding up his hand and he says, Hang on there, strangers. This is rusted stilettos territory. What's your business? Passing through. Passing through, huh? Mm-hmm. Middle of the night through the Redmond Barrens. It's um a little bit of an emergency. Family one. I see. Well, we could probably help you out with it if you wanted to pay for it, the help. I think Dandere pauses for a second and is like, "Well, what's your fee? Uh, and what's the consequence if I don't if I decide it's too much?" Which way are you guys headed? North. Well, we can get you. Uh, we can get you quite a ways north. This is mostly all of our territory, but uh, it's going to cost you. Uh, he looks at you guys. He says, 
That's a pretty nice. It's uh, a pretty nice bike you guys are riding. Mm-hmm. Wonder if you might uh, be willing to part with that in exchange for free passage. It's not on the table. Uh, all right. Um, well, what about the the skinny guy in the sidecar? We'll take him. Talking about my brother. That's the oh, reason that's... I'm dragging his ass across the. So you guys are on the run, huh? He's. I guess uh... you could say that. Obviously, looking at the jumpsuit that the uh, that rigor mortis is, is still wearing, and uh, at the mention of taking rigor mortis, the shotgun in Ice's hand has started to track lower down towards them, and the dwarf sort of grins. Back up! All Don't right, get us all, all right. killed for no reason. You'll have to agree with my cousin. He's a little. That's <laughs> no, all right. We understand. This is a bit of a tense situation. All right, well, I'll make you a deal. Um, seeing how you guys are nice, uh, being nice and respectful here, um, what do you say, lads? He looks at the rest of the gang around him. How about uh, 1,200 million safe passage through our territory? Ice looks at you and he says, ah, I'll pay this one. You good. Does your territory take us to Snohomish? Or do you have to go through somewhere else? You yes. guys aren't going to Snohomish. Yes, we are going to Snohomish. Are we headed yes, in the wrong direction? Kind of Humanist Poly Club creeps. Well, I can't say what crowd my siblings are running with now. But well, obviously you're not. You're a freaking dandelion eater. No offense. I've eaten my fair share. Yeah. Well, you can always call me Halfer. I won't care either. Uh, no, we're not. We can't get you all the way to Snohomish. You're gonna have to cross through some other gang's territory. Um, but uh, we can probably get you to the nearest uh, checkpoint there and maybe make a bargain. Although they don't really like us too much. Uh, maybe we should try hanging. Yeah, I think I can get a, get, get our little band through the checkpoint. Tell you what, I have a good idea. How's For your $1, good $1, idea? $1,200, we'll, uh, we'll give you a place to stay and you can head on during daylight, which might be a little safer. I kind of look from Rigor Mortis to Ice. Well? Ice looks at you, he says, uh, I don't know. There's likely a change in their mind in the middle of the night. We'll do 1200 for passage. We'll risk uh, getting our way through night. All right. It's a little bit of Suit an emergency. Yourself. Suit yourself. <laughs> um, they, they escort you along, and after a while, they just sort of fade away, and you're left back in the dark. And, uh, a little while later, you start to see the lights ahead of you that you think is probably Snohomish. You're still a little ways away from it. And uh, give me another edge test, please. I have so many fucking windows open. It's not even funny. One. All right. You make your way without further interruption. Every now and then you see a, a checkpoint or some kind of roadblock or you see a fire burning, some figures around it, but uh, for the most part you get left alone before you reach um, the, uh, the crossing to Snohomish. And at the crossing to Snohomish, the, uh, you see that you know there's basically been a rubble piled up as like a, a makeshift barricade and uh, it's manned by uh, what looks like human uh, humans in in some kind of uniform carrying guns? Uh, do I recognize their uniform? No. Um, well, actually, yeah. What kind? What can you roll? Let's just do your night errant knowledge again. Two. All right. You think you recognize the badge? And it's a private security company that you you think may be associated with some with some of that humanist type. There are some there have been rumors about that that badge, you think. And they are active mostly up here in Snohomish and Everett. Okay, I dropped to bat, you know the story, right? Oh uh, yeah. I'll take care of this one. Stupid fraggers. All right, they step into the road and hold up their hand as you as the as you approach in the motorcycle. Um, they're wearing a, a, a dark blue uniform that blends into the night, and uh, 
carry they're carrying shotguns and, and SMGs and uh, man steps towards you and says uh, what's your business in Snohomish this passing out of Redmond at this time of night Ice gets up and walks over to him and sort of holds out his hands and uh, you see that he makes some kind of gesture with his hand maybe it's a sign or something and uh, for a minute nothing happens and then the man seems to nod and says I haven't seen that one for a while you're not from around here are you and they get into a little bit of a conversation talk back and forth and uh, then Ice comes back and says alright let's roll you pass through the, uh, the checkpoint without further ado Ice says uh, he uh, the guy at the checkpoint recommended a place called uh, the Briar Hotel sounds like a good place to lay low for a few days All right. Well, this is he, he sort of he gives you the uh, the address, and uh, you type it into your comlink, and you get a uh, you get directions to it. And uh, when you get there, you uh, you realize the guy's probably been uh, either ice misheard him, or the guy's played some kind of a practical joke on you, or setting you up because the uh, this old you know. 18th 20 or 19th 20th century architecture building standing there has clearly been abandoned it's dark um there may be one or two flickering lights as if there's somebody squatting in there who's warming themselves with an open fire but uh yeah it doesn't uh you know think of the bates motel and then think of the bates motel abandoned so ice you want to call this your fault or my ice just curses Fragging son of a fragging. Now this, we should go back and kill him. Um, I don't know. Do you have a better idea? I'm not staying here. This place. I'm not either. Reach. Um, I call Cecile. You call Cecile? I, I am calling Cecile in the middle of the night. Cecile, it's several hours later. In fact, I think you're probably asleep at this point, right? Oh, definitely. <laughs> I mean, you've taken advantage probably of all of the amenities that the, the comfy coffin or the comfy cubicle has to uh, offer. Oh, she she took a shower. She got her clothes washed. She's like, she had yep. a nice drink. Like, she's doing great. Your comma chimes she, at you. It takes a minute for her to pick up, and then she answers, Who is this? What do you want? <laughs> yeah, it's Deandere. Uh We're in Shahomish. Uh We're safe, I guess. Um, I need a quick favor. Uh-huh. Will you find us a hotel? You need me to find you a hotel? I figured you'd be better at it. Uh, sure. I guess. Whatever. She she sounds like she's barely awake and, like, kind of confused as to what you're asking her. <laughs> like, okay. Whatever. Um, Paul, how long does it take Cecile to find an hotel? in Snohomish. Uh, you have you have no you find when you type Snohomish Hotel and you come up <laughs> with a, a place instantly. So it, there's a place called Cocoon on First Street and Avenue C. Um, supposedly it's like a coffin hotel kind of thing. Mm. Has fairly good reviews. Is there like anything slightly below it that looks even slightly comparable? Um, like is the next one down poorly rated? Yeah. Uh... Okay. Cecile sends the directions for the cocoon and just hangs up. <laughs> There's actually the Snohomish, the Snohomish Sheraton. Sheraton. Oh, they have a branch there. That's interesting. Cecile you think takes that note. might be more of Deandere's, uh, you know, after looking at the review, the cocoon may be a little bit too, uh, too hip kind of a place, you know? The home of Sheraton might be more Deander's speed, at least in Cecile's mind. I'm going to roll composure to see if she's awake enough to care. Or mean enough to send her to the hipster bar. Eh, she sends she sends the other place. <laughs> sends the Sheraton. She also sends the cocoon as like also this and then hangs up. I I text Cecile a thank you. Um and then I'm like, and then I kind of, I don't lean back onto ice, but I kind of turn to ice and rigor mortis and go, 
So, the cocoon or the Sheraton? For the record, you're left undelivered. Uh, let's do the Sheraton. Okay. Before we get there, we should come up with a cover story, I think. Yeah. Let's get a room together. Let's not split up. Yep. Um, how about we go with the siblings thing? Uh, yeah, we could do that. I'm the odd one out, but you two's the oldest. I'm 62. Alright, so you're the oldest. He looks at Rigor Mortis and says, He's the middle and I'm the youngest. And he laughs. Well, Rigor Mortis does not look amused. I guess he hasn't we should. said much this whole journey either, which is, he seems to still be sort of absorbing the whole impact of everything going on. Oh, I, I am absolutely certain that Rigor Mortis is just like, it can't process anything. Like, 20 years in jail and suddenly you're just in the outside world and it's totally different. And driving through the Redmond Barrens in the middle of the night. <laughs> like, so, um... Please names. take me back! <laughs> the world is too big! How about, uh, Morty, Ivan... I'll be Ice. Ice works, I guess. He looks at Rigor Morris and you'll be Morty. Rigor Morty's just sort of shrugs. Morty! Um, All right, let's do this. Sounds good. Well, can I can I make a memory test? Mm, do you think two is enough for Cecile to actually remind Deandra that she needs to buy clothes for Rigor Mortis? Yeah, in Cecile's state at the moment, she's already asleep. Okay. <laughs> so she remembers and is like, "What the fuck ever." Yep. No, I should roll memory for Deandra to see if she. <laughs> I think Dinder would probably should probably roll because I think having been an, an ex law enforcement officer, you know, if you saw somebody running around the streets and it's obviously a prison uniform, it would catch your attention. Yeah, Dinder's no dummy. So she, as you guys are having this conversation, you're looking at rigor mortis or Morty as you're going to call him, and you think, huh? Yeah, we got to do something about that. Hey, Morty. Is my duffel still in the, uh, sidecar? Oh, yeah. Right here. Good thing I wore my baggy clothes today. He looks there's puzzled. Pro- there's probably, like, a, a trench coat in there. I don't know if it... It probably won't fit, uh, rigor mortis, but... He opens up the duffel and starts poking through it, pulls out the trench coat. He's a fairly small guy. Um, he's probably you know, close to like one point six five meters and pretty Might thin. Might be a little long, but it'll cover it up just fine. Yep. Exactly. It'll be big and baggy on him. So he pulls it out and looks at it and says, Yeah, that'll that'll do and sort of wraps himself up in it and stashes the pistol that you handed him inside of the coat. No stains. I'll get you some new clothes tomorrow. Whiz. Whiz indeed. Now the Sheraton? Shall off we? to the Sheraton. Let's do this. And we take All off, right. I guess. You take it. You get to the Sheraton. It's a, uh, it's a pretty rundown place. Um, half of the uh, the letters in the name aren't lit up in the night, and uh, the clerk at the front desk, you know, sort of doesn't barely even look up at you as you come in, and he collects some money from you and signs you into a room, passes you a key card, and basically goes back to watching the trid without a second glance. I peek at what trade he's watching. It's a lame knockoff of uh, what was that uh, that show with the orc barbarian? Oh, I know what you mean. <laughs> yeah, Conan. No, no, no. that's no? that's even older. This is this was a uh, it was pretty popular a couple of years ago, but uh, this is a this is sort of a, a, a weak knockoff of it. The reboot that went straight to DVD. Yep. Went straight to Snohomish. <laughs> You've been banished to Snohomish. That's that's the ultimate punishment, isn't it? Snohomish eyes. Brazil it's, or it's hell? Almost, it's it's almost as bad as Brazil. What happened to Brazil and Shadowrun? Uh, it got pretty bad. Amazonia. It turned into Amazonia, and I think there's a dragon, and a lot of bad things happened. There's a dragon, dragon, that's all you had to say. Run Amazonia. Amazonia, didn't they fight a war against the Azis? Didn't everyone fight a war against the Azis at some point? You look hard enough at the history books, yeah. 
Amazonia is full of awakened paranormal plants and animals that are really nasty. That's like my kind of place. <laughs> she says, no, please, horse, don't. Don't do this. All right, we're going to wrap up there for the night. I think that's a pretty good stopping point. The Tops Company, Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logo, artwork, marks, photographs, sounds, audio, video, and or any proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company, Inc. has granted permission to the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or any proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. The music for the Hard Knock Sorority Podcast was written and performed by Trace Mineral. The Hard Knock Sorority Podcast is licensed under a Creative Commons License 4.0 meaning you are welcome to use the material as long as you give us credit.